Hello everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cami Black. Um, we um, are live currently on Facebook, Twitter, um, Twitch and YouTube. So um, you're very welcome if you're watching us live. We've got a few people joining us uh, joining us already. We've got Andy Lone. Hello Andy. Um, and Joan Lyon as well. Good evening to you both. Um, I'm joined as always by John Anderson. Good evening, John. Evening, folks. You may also see at the bottom. I'm going to take him out of the stream because it's not fair for you all to watch him struggling away. Craig Craig Manson is uh, Craig Manson is joining us this evening. He's got some sound issues, so Craig will be joining us at some point this evening um, to to kind of give a. John can have all the fun by talking to him, can you, John? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, like how quickly did I volunteer to come on this this week? <laughs> <laughs> After the Glasgow eight, game, eight, after, the Glasgow game <laughs> after the Glasgow game, it has to be said, John, uh, is when you volunteered. So, yes. Hello, Craig. Good evening. Craig's joined us now. Ciao, uh, Bello. How are you doing? I'm, all right. I'm impressed, Craig. You've got your own roadie there. Me and John are going yeah, solo here. I, uh, <laughs> had, a, had a wee uh, panic just at the last minute there with, uh, with uh, not being able to hear you. I could see you. <laughs> and you can see me, but I couldn't hear you. So my which apologies. Is, which is absolutely fine for a you know for, for for a video podcast is fine, but given that we go out as an audio podcast too, maybe we'd have struggled a wee bit. <laughs> it's me and John just interpreting your, your various sign languages. <laughs> I, I, well, I, well, let's see um, how much Glasgow chat we get tonight, and you'll see other sign languages later. On. <laughs> I was just about to say, can you can you quickly for the viewers at home, can you sum up Ember's performance in one sign language? <laughs> no comment whatsoever. I'm keeping my hands to myself. No, actually, maybe I shouldn't. Anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> um, so, um, if you um, if you are watching us this evening, you can also get this, as we mentioned, in audio format on your all your podcast apps. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you can get your podcasts. Um, we are also have the blog, which is scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, where you can get um, Craig covers Embra. You've got John and Ian doing bits and bobs about Glasgow. We've got other people contributing, uh, Chris Murray as well, um, with various bits as well. Um, we also have, for, them, for some very um, special people, we've got our Patreon page, um, which is patreon.com slash... Scottish Rugby Podcast, and if you go there for the price of £3 a month, you'll get entrance to the Richie Vernon Thunderdome, where you get ad-free versions of the podcast, and you also get little mini versions of the podcast where we take out all the jokes about Craig interfering with himself, uh, you know, on camera and things like that, and you just get the rugby chat. Um, so for, sometimes people don't have enough time to listen to the hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes that we ramble on for. So we try and do a little mini one about 40 minutes to an hour as well. Uh, you also get exclusive episodes as well. We try and do those once a month. So this month, probably uh, next week or the week after, we'll be doing our hardest players, hardest Scottish players of the 2000s. I think, John, possibly in July, I think maybe what we might do is, is try and choose Scottish Scotland's greatest ever lion. Ooh, that sounds fun. I mean... It's going to be a, a bit of a retro look. Um, let's be honest. Yeah, We're probably <laughs> like Alan Dell. <laughs> that's Scotland's greatest line. Best, best, uh, best scrummage, scrummage percentage. Hundred percent uh, scrums. Not many. That? Not many British lines can say they've got hundred percent scrums no, against. And it was against no. the head as well, was it not? 
No mean feet. No mean feet. So we'll do that as well. So that's for patrons only. So if you go to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, uh, you can access to that. For £5 a month, you get access to the very, very exclusive Doogie Donnelly Members Lounge. Uh, and for that, you get our eternal gratitude. Plus, we'll also read your name out on the podcast as well. Um, so we've got quite a few people in there and we're, we're very grateful to them. We are also sponsored by Manscaped. Um, if you go to manscaped.com slash Scottish Rugby or manscaped.com and use the promo code SRP, you can get 20% off plus free shipping on a wide range of male grooming products. Um, we did have a complaint once from, from a lady who said, why are we not sponsored by a female grooming uh, products? And, you know, we're open to it. Do you know? We... I think if we've proven anything, Cammy, it is that we are game for these sort of things. Yes. We will probably, if there is, if there's a wee bit of money involved, we will be there. Yeah, look. If, Opening of the letter, we'll be there. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to. You know, if Veep want to sponsor this podcast, then I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But you know, who's to say? I mean, it's called Manscaped, but I'm pretty sure that lady. You know, it's a, it's a downstairs trimmer i'm sure if that's i'm sure ladies can make use of that there's i don't i can't vouch for whether you can use the ball toner or the ball deodorant anywhere else i wouldn't <laughs> want to give that advice yep, but ladies your, your you hands know, your hands they you are but as john said they're very very good for hands especially people that um you run the bass guitar john aren't you uh no i'm on drums, drums scenes uh, on the bass but you're on, on bass yeah so yeah, very good on the hands. Um, like I said, you can get they've got a wide range of products. So we they've got the the trimmer for downstairs, but it does work elsewhere as well for things you need to trim. Ball toner, ball deodorant, lovely we um, wash bags as well. Plus a nose hair trimmer, which I do use, which is very good. Obviously, the nose it's hair trimmer does not extremely good. Does not pinch. I will say that. Um, so <laughs> you can go and go. I'm at the age. I'm 39 now. I'm getting hearing in the ears and stuff. It's all <laughs> it's, it's deeply upsetting. There's a lot more to come, Cammy. There's a lot more to come. No. I'm Don't 48, tell- and it's just just ordained hell for there. Do not, <laughs> do not tell me that, guys. I am already like pursuit to say the least. So, if there's merit to come. I don't know. Like, I, I think we're going to have to get some mere sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, see if I can extend the man's, <laughs> Manscaped sponsorship just, just to say, look, we're not getting any younger, but the hairs keep exactly. coming. <laughs> keep it coming, guys. <laughs> Maybe that's why we do so well. Maybe that's why they keep extending our sponsorship. It's because the age demographic of our listeners are men in their late 30s, early 40s who keep finding hairs in places they don't want hairs to be. <laughs> that's the only explanation. Well, if you remember rightly, when the... Um, the sponsorship started. We were actually on the podcast that night joking about how hairy we all were, and then it popped up. Yeah, and then they emailed us and said, "Would you so, like? Would you? Would you be interested?" So, <laughs> what we were discussing, I think, was what we were discussing at the time was whether or not um, trimming improves athletic performance. Yes, that's right. Whether whether shaving your legs was was good for your uh, good, good obviously for for swimmers, uh, yes, athletes I think believe that it helps. I'm not entirely convinced that in rugby that's going to ah shave your legs, get a wee bit of baby oil on there, you know, off you go. What you do in your you what you do in your own time, John, is up to you. If nothing else, you'll smell quite nice. So. <laughs> If there's any listen, if there's any referees listening to me, we used to have Rudy Campbell, but he's you know he's uh, he's quite a successful referee these days and off off on the international circuit, so I don't think he'd, he'd he'd come down and deal with our nonsense again. But if there are any referees listening, can you tell us is in the laws is it 
are you able to cover slather yourself in baby oil before a match? <laughs> I'm just, you know, catch the slippery guy, catch the slippery fifteen. You know, he's there covered in baby oil. Away up the pitch, they had to deal with at the least they'll stop chafing, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's true. I, I don't know. I know they had to change the law on the sleeves after David Soul because there is a specific law now that says you're not allowed to tear your sleeve off. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the soul law, but I don't know if so. Any if anybody knows, write in. Let us know, or have you watching live comment? Um, so um, tonight, then we've got um, we've got a couple of things to talk. About. I mean, the, the main thing that was announced today, I suppose, we should get out of the way um, because I feel like Craig John's going to have plenty of fun, you know, later on. So let's have some fun at John's expense. But um, Benetton Absolutely. have won the rain, the North <laughs> section of the Rainbow Cup. Did I ever mention that I was half Italian? <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Craig? Or is... No, it's not true, but, you know, I've got to try and jump on some sort of bandwagon. You know? uh, the Benetton <laughs> bus is leaving and I'm going to be on that. Have you, got, have, you got, have you got a Benetton shirt, maybe? I'm going to have to invest in something like that, you know. But uh, uh, no, I think that's. Uh, I can. I'm enjoying the apoplectic views and the uh, the um, the nuclear uh, uh, messages on Twitter uh, on Twitter, which are quite uh, fabulous to look at. Um, from uh, I'm sure I haven't seen any monster yet, and I'm sure the monster fans will be uh, fairly vocal. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I know that the, Gla- the Glasgow fans are very vocal on the subject. So, I mean, for those of you that, that maybe don't know, um, essentially the Ospreys and Benetton game has been called off because there's a, a coronavirus outbreak in the Ospreys camp and it's been recorded as a nil-nil draw, but because the fault is on the side of the Ospreys squad, the uh, Benetton have been awarded four points and as a result, nobody can catch them at the top of the table regardless of any further results. So Glasgow, I think, Glasgow 19 points, John, I think, or 18, 18 Yeah, 19. it's 18, I think. And then uh, Munster were on 15, I think, so feasibly they could have tied at the top of Glasgow. Glasgow didn't have any more fixtures anyway. No, no. Um, so Benetton have essentially are going to go away and be utterly torn apart by pools if that game goes ahead. Have you watched any of the South African games? They are going to be utterly creamed. It's going to be <laughs> like the, you see the Exeter New it was Exeter Newcastle the other week. There was like seventy three. Yeah. So it was like the way I described it to someone was like you know when you get drawn against a really really good team in the cup and you're no you're no such a good team and you go there and you're like we're just here for the bevy. But actually, you get utterly scudded during the game. The ref calls it after sixty minutes. That's what. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I have, well, that may be your Glasgow perspective. They are coming in there. I would say <laughs> that you know there is a chance because to be what? How would I put it? To be as spawny as as Bennett and have been over the time. Um, I think that they are on for all the way. They're going all the way. And let's not forget, John, why are Glasgow in the position that they're in? Who did they? So, who, who could they not come win on, John. against? Come on, John. <laughs> so, so I am not as uh, apoplectic as some regarding this because we do only have ourselves to blame, given that Benetton, having lost 15 out of the 16 games in the regular season, <laughs> promptly scudded Glasgow. All ends up. Um, yeah, it was. It's it's a very strange turnaround form. Um, but having watched Bennett in the last couple of weeks, they are really, really scraping it. Like it's skin of the teeth stuff. I really think we're going to see 
it would it work really nicely for their narrative as well, won't it? Be like, oh yeah, look, the new boys are coming in and they're look how competitive they are straight away. They're winning the title of this made up Rainbow Cup that's not actually a thing, but you know, for the sponsorship thing, it clearly is. Or you go down the other cynical route of saying, well, we did announce it was in Italy. And it would have been really inconvenient if we had to send an Irish team and a um, South African team to Italy in COVID times. So it's kind of convenient, isn't it? Is Just saying. Is, is this is kind it really? So, sorry, Cammy. I was going to say it's really? the, D, I know, the D4 Mafia orchestrating it for an Irish team not to lose, but for an Italy win, <laughs> an Italy team to, to win. And in order to make sure that the Irish teams are protected from the potential of getting coronavirus in Italy, is that what the conspiracy theory we're going with? I mean, it's one of many conspiracy theories that we could go with. Either, either that or there was, a, there was, there was an Italian uh, uh, corona, a new variant from Italy in, in Wales, and then you've also got someone going around saying, pour petrol on that fire in, uh, in, uh, in Ireland. So... You know, you know, just uh, you never know. It would be an, Ital- an Italian voice that said that. You know, there's yeah. another bit of it. <laughs> or, or Razzie's had the word and said, "Do you know what, boys? All my monster guys, if they weren't pouring petrol on a fire, uh, we need them fit for the lions. So, like, if you could just have a, a, another weekend off and not go on a jolly to Italy, where I'm sure there's plenty of barbecues in Italy, so I would be quite afraid for them." So I think Razzie's had a word like... It wasn't a barbecue, it was a fire pit. For people who don't know, um, three Munster players have been... Uh, have been four, four Munster players, four South yeah. African Munster players uh, suffered burns at the weekend because uh, from a fire pit. That was the unofficial statement. It then transpired it's because they threw petrol onto the fire pit. Um, so, yes, don't... I hope they're don't all right, with, that's the main thing. They're all all right, still. apparently, yes. But don't play with yes. fire. Don't play with fire, kids. And Absolutely. the uh, and, and and the brain cells were severely lacking in that one. That was not very clever. Did I see someone suggest today that that's like a South African thing that they throw petrol on fires to keep them going? I have not seen that. I don't know. Well, I don't. I would not like to suggest that. But if any South African listeners can confirm whether you regularly throw petrol on fire and have you got third degree burns or any other sort of injuries from your fire pit, please yeah. let us know. It's not. I mean, it's not a great smell. Anyway, it's not what you want from it. Um, but it's better, it's better than throwing a tin of links on it, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that doesn't just apply to fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, normally you would say kill it with fire, but even links, no, you can't. I was going to say, unless fire. unless you're a teenage boy, I don't think anything. I don't think links <laughs> links works on anything. Um, <laughs> So should we should we talk about Glasgow then? We'll talk about should we talk about the Glasgow Lens again? I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know whether I'm prolonging your agony, Craig, or I'm I'm, help, I'm helping out here. But um, <laughs> I mean, the Pro I mean, both games to a certain extent, but the Pro 14 seems to have. Well, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like being rebranded the Rainbow Cup. I should have my brathing on. Look, I should have this. That's probably the last time we'll play that jingle, so enjoy it because they're not calling it the Rainbow <laughs> Cup anymore. But I don't know whether this is a rebound as the Rainbow Cup and it being something like 
wonderful and you know bright and beautiful that made has made everything go upside down and back to front. Yeah, or it being a made-up competition that most most teams have decided to sack off after the first week of getting gubbed by somebody. That wasn't a bad Leinster side, though, was it? It wasn't, actually, no. I mean, when the side was announced, uh, uh, there was a lot of Glasgow fans when the side was announced were saying, oh, well, I mean, Leinster are coming to play then. You know, they had a lot of very, very talented players that you would be talking about as, you know, the guys that represented Ireland Six Nations. You had, you know, very, very experienced campaigners there. You had guys who were, you know, people have talked about, about Glasgow having that emotional drive with having so many people leaving. But Leinster had players playing their last game for the club as well. So there was, yeah, it was it was a decent side to put out. Yeah, and if and I mean, I suppose Glasgow fronted up for once against the Leinster side as well, John. I mean, there was that infamous game, I think, you know, with Johnny Gray's ridiculous number of tackles. Yeah, one hundred and forty-seven tackles in a game or something. Uh, the, the 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 clicker broke, I think. <laughs> it was it was that many. Yeah, they they did, and it was it was one of those games, and I think quite often you find when you're playing the. Leinster, the Munsters of this world, things have to click into place. And I think Leinster weren't at their best, right? Mm. But I'm not going to be cynical, cynical Sally, like I usually am, and say, oh, you know, Glasgow just not good game plan. It's blah, 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 blah. I was really, really pleased <laughs> with what I seen. Um, particularly in defence, I thought guys like Nick Gregg, who we've slated on here a number of times, I know the, the, Ian, who's not not with us tonight, but Ian has a real. You mentioned Nick Greg, and I've never seen Ian get so passionate about anything. He gets so annoyed at him. Um, but he was he. I think he made eighteen tackles in centre, hundred um, percent completion. So that coupled with a couple of younger players coming into the team and really kind of making their mark, it gave. Glasgow an opportunity against a team who weren't playing that well and Leinster were making a lot of mistakes as well, which kind of gave Glasgow a platform to play. But yeah, it was it was just really, really interesting. And it's almost quite frustrating in some ways that the season's now ending because we're like, oh, we just found some form. We basically just need to play Edinburgh a couple of times at the start of the season <laughs> and just get our form. I don't think that's well, true though, Craig. <laughs> no, I, I think I think I think what they've what, what they've done is they've had a fright. Um, with the, the the game that they played in Italy, and they've had a fright with their defence, and their defence has, has has they've obviously focused on their defence um, and and worked on it, and 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 I, that's I think that was a turning point for um, for Glasgow against uh, against Leinster was their defence. Um, the, fair enough, um, I could sit here and argue about about um, uh, the Stein try, uh, you know, think you know, a forward pass from Hastings and things like that that could have been this borderline, but that went that went the right way with the ref. Um, but um, you can't take it from them. It was a it was a fantastic defensive performance because Leinster did throw everything, including the kitchen sink at Glasgow, um, and you know that Leinster did that because they started to get up, they started to go and lose their discipline because of it. Um, so uh, it was a, it was, you know, whether you call a um, a fifteen twelve game a, a phenomenal game, um, it's still a, a great performance and a good result for Glasgow. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the one kind of 
sour thing, I suppose, John, is the number of players that are leaving Glasgow. And I know they've, they've got some in. I mean, Adam Hastings, the last few games, has been absolutely outstanding at fullback. And that's, I mean, that's good for Scotland in a way because, you know, he has been required to play there at times. And it then, you know, plays in his favour as being the off the bench option ahead of others. But. I know there's, you know, is um, McLean's possible, you know, is a good talent, but behind <coughs> him, there's maybe still not much depth at fullback for Glasgow. No, I, th- I think that's fair. But we've got uh, Josh Mackay coming in as well, who's a fullback. Uh, he can play fullback, and I believe Cole Forbes has played fullback as well. So they're, they're starting to build a wee bit of depth in these positions, and I think the Hastings thing's really interesting because what Hastings been injured during the season and obviously away with Scotland and then or injured then away with Scotland meant that Brandon Thompson had his shockers and then Ross Thompson got his shot and Ross Thompson is a bit of game time you know quite often with young 10s they come into a side and you can tell really quickly whether they're going to be alright or not uh, Ross Thompson came in immediately started kicking the ball well doing the basics really well and he's added to that as the season's went on. He's now starting to look like a bit of a running threat. He's got a lovely flat pass on him. So he's starting to look like a potential Scottish option at 10, believe it or not, which might silence the Donkey Weir Brigade, hopefully. Um, You'll never silence... Listen, you will never silence the Donkey <laughs> Weir Brigade. Yeah. But the... The only way that comes about is when you've got an established international player who's absent or leaving. So you're going to see guys, guys like Hugh Jones are leaving, that we're getting a replacement for him, Mr. Tupatua, or whatever it's said. Uh, I'm waiting for the official confirmation of how that's said. But we're replacing players with younger players. And Glasgow's age demographic over the last few years has been, particularly in the backs, has been geriatric. And we're starting to bring that down. Guys like uh, Ollie Smith, guys like Rufus McLean are start just getting a wee bit of game time. And it can only be of benefit to Scotland because it was we were never going to be able to rely on a Tommy Seymour to continue or, you know, even guys like Nick Greg who Greg's staying. But we need options. So I think it's all change, but yeah. it's not a bad thing. I suppose that the other, what, there's two leaving uh, names on those leave the leavers list that stuck out to me, and they're both on the wing, and one's at one end of the spectrum, and the others at the other. And I'll, I'll put with, I mean, Robbie Nairn is one who has absolute speed, and whenever I've seen him, looks a reasonable option. But for whatever reason, and it's hard to know, we don't, we know, we, we're not, you know, we're not privy to what happens behind closed doors. But it was maybe surprised that he's left. John, is that? Did that surprise um, you, or did you? Or no, it, no, it didn't. And the, the, so, Robbie Nairn's been one that both myself and Ian have been on the Robbie Robbie Nairn hype train for about two years, saying he's got all the attributes. He's a big, big lump of a lad. He's fast, really fast, really strong. Seemed to have quite a sensible rugby brain on him as well. But injuries plus, and we've talked about this in the podcast before. It's professional sport. If you get given an opportunity, you need to take it. And these guys who are on the cusp of the squad get given two or three opportunities, and that's it. That's mm. all they're getting, because there's other players. And if you're no good enough, you're no good enough. And 
you might go and do a job elsewhere, and that that's great. And you know, I really want somebody to pick up Robbie Nairn and say, right, come, you know, go to Championship level, tear it up, maybe play top level of the Premiership or something. But he's not shown enough in a Glasgow Warriors shirt to stay. So you know, compare it to a guy like again Rufus McLean, saying he's done. This season, he's done more than what Robbie Nairn's done in four seasons. Hmm. So, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. The other end of the spectrum, Craig, and I'll, I'll ask you about this, because it's a former Ember player, is Lee Jones, you know, who's, who's yeah. 30. And, you know, uh, from from my perspective, every time I've seen Lee Jones be given an opportunity, he's taken it. He's, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I've, I've never seen him have a bad game. He's really solid in defence. He's, you know, brilliant in attack. He's done really well for the sevens, but it feels like he's been... Ever since he came on the scene with Scotland, that was that France game. I mean, I think he made his debut for Scotland the same year that Stuart Hogg did, and they kind of came along. It's an exciting time for Scotland, and I know he was unlucky with injuries at times. I know that's been an issue for him, but he just, to me, seems to have been completely misused by a succession of coaches at international level and at club level, and I kind of feel. I kind of feel really sorry for him that you know that, that it's kind of ended this way for Lee Jones because it feels like I don't I, like I said I've never seen him have a bad game. I have to agree with that. I, I've never, uh, I especially when he came back for Glasgow this season, or was it this season, or it was just the end of last season? End of last um, season. Yeah, end of last season. He he was particularly standout. I thought I thought his defence when when Glasgow were maybe not defending as well as they, they could have or, or as well as they are just now. Um he was standing out, he was he was rocking over the ball as well. He was always quite strong in the rock. Um I think he just suffered from um doing well, getting injured, and then somebody else got the chance mm. and they took it with both hands. And I think yes, I, I agree that I, I I don't think he's been utilized well um by by both Edinburgh or, or Glasgow um or even Scotland. But I don't think if you look at it, I don't think that either Edinburgh, Glasgow or Scotland have um, have suffered because he wasn't on the team sheet. Um, you know, because uh, so I, I guess I guess that's kind of it's a difficult one um, because you know I'm I'm gutted for him because sitting at 92 appearances for Glasgow, he's an ideal opportunity to be a centurion for the club. Yeah. It's interesting as well to think about. So again, he's thirty. A lot of the guys that Glasgow are have got moving on. Maybe you wouldn't consider Lee Jones to be one of the big earners, but he's not going to be. He's not going to be cheap. He's a Scottish mm. international. He's a seven specialist who is probably looking for his last contract. So the negotiation there is is not going to be as cheap as it could be. And I think there's an understanding with the budgets that. Both sides are, whilst we're bringing in players, it's players that are going to be cheaper than the players yeah. that are leaving. And in Glasgow case, that's definitely true because Tommy Seymour, you know, British and Irish Lion, is not going to be cheap. Nico, when he came back, probably was cheap but signed an extension. So again, the, these players, Hugh Jones was on an absolute wad. So replacing these players with cheaper options is great for the budgets in the current climate as well. So uh, maybe Jones. I, I'm, I mean, I'm just speculating because I, I agree with both. I think Jones. Every time he plays, you know what you're getting from him. He's consistent. He's solid. He has enough pace about him to still be an option. But um, he's lost out to 
to younger, younger, uh, more uh, exciting talents, shall we say? Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, the other uh, announcement this week for retirement, and and this surprised some people. I mean, I knew he was down at Newcastle, but um, John Hardy's announced his retirement Hardy. from from yep. rugby as well. Yeah. Just kind of said that the body's body can't take it anymore, which is you know, given he's playing in such an attritional position, it's now maybe not surprising, but. He's another one I know, obviously, you know, we all know what happened or allegedly happened at Embra. And, you know, I wasn't the reason he left Embra in the end, but it must have played into it, Craig. But again, he's another one who you think, you know, he, he was a guy that, you know, he came along and I think changed the way Scotland played in the particular with the back row. Because we before that, we were still persistent. I think Vern Cotter come along and at least acknowledged that we needed to play with one open side rather than two blind sides. Yeah. But then to, for him to come along and be like, "Well, we can play with two, we can play with two open sides here and and do it successfully." You know, they had the John Hardy, the Hardy Cowan and Denton short lived partnership that nearly got us to a semi final of a yeah. World Cup. You know, and yeah. it's another one that feels. And again, I don't think this is necessarily down the fault of any coaches or the SIU. I think it's probably all just circumstances. It feels like it's another kind of waste of a talent in a way. I, I don't, uh, it's difficult because obviously um, what happened or what allegedly happened um, is down to him. And, and, and that's, you know, I, I think John Hardy, well, the big thing for me is that Hamish Watson, uh, Jamie Ritchie, all have someone to thank because they were coming through the ranks in Edinburgh when John Hardy was was at his and his and his ball hunting prime, um, and uh, I can imagine no wonder he's sore because the amount of uh, times uh, when it was the Wild West at that point in time um, in the rocks, um, but they were hard chargers. Blair Cowan was a hard charger and good over the ball. John Hardy was the brought the Crusaders, uh, not the Crusaders, uh, the um, the Highlanders way. Um, up to, to to hunt the ball and keep it alive, um, and I think that that Jamie Ritchie especially was was part of the youth team at that time and coming through in Edinburgh. And there's no way that he had nothing to do with Jamie Ritchie. Um, I'm sure they, uh, they they you know they all worked together and 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 he, Jamie Ritchie and, and Hamish Watson have both come forward. And I think it's changed Scottish rugby. Uh, I might be being over dramatic here, but uh, you know everyone's looking for a good ball hunter now in Scotland, and we're known for that. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think that's probably a fair assessment, John. That he, you know, it's you know we were kind of toying around with the idea of open sides. And I know, I you know, I certainly see the you know on, on John Hardy's Instagram, Jamie Ritchie and Hamish Watson absolutely full of praise for. I know Watson's given interviews in the past about the you know, and even John Hardy has said you know. Watson and, and Richie just ask him questions all the time. How are you doing that? What are you doing? How are you doing it? So I think even if, as, as much as his, his Scotland career maybe ended in the way that nobody would have liked, his influence continues. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I think the thing he's not given credit for was when he came on the scene, obviously he was, um, there was a bit of controversy with him being parachuted into the Scotland squad. Um, but he was a very intelligent rugby player. He'd done all the hard work and he'd done all the, the physical stuff, but he was also a very clever rugby player. And you saw the step up in that 2015 World Cup, the step up in our play in the back row when John Hardy was involved. He was significantly better than anybody we had in position at that point. Now, yes, age 
age of that position does catch up with you. And Hamish Watson and Jamie Ritchie and these guys quickly went, went past him and injuries didn't help that. Head knocks, he had so many concussions. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But he, because of how he left, he's kind of not given the credit he deserved. I, I agree with you guys. I think he did change the way he played. I also think he brought a degree of intelligence to our back row play that was lacking at that point. Yeah. Um, Craig, we've prolonged the agony long enough. Should we talk about <laughs> Ralston now? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they finally start to play. I know. I was, yeah. So frustrating. I know. And, and I mean, Kinghorn at 10? Is that the new Hog at 10? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I he did play at ten when he was at Merkia. Yeah, right and I think he's had. A, I think he played at ten. Did he not play against uh, ten for Scotland against the USA in that game that we lost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wiped that, that from the, my memory, but yeah, probably. There's some, yeah, there's something pointing in that direction. No, I, 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 th- I let me see. I, I, there were times he looked panicked, and he, and there were times he looked. You know, but then again, if he's you know he's not played there for a long time, um, and he's or infrequently, um, you're going to especially when you've got um, a fairly decent Ulster defence. But um, on the other side of things, the ball was being played. Um, I think J- uh, Jimmy Johnson was was back to his old self of getting balls, short balls, and trying to break through defences, which he did eventually for the Kinghorn try. Um, uh, Duhan is you know. Got you know we got the ball finally into Duhan's hands and he got his last try for his last appearance. So, you know there there was some good play. Um, so as usual, just looked fantastic in attack and in defence. Um, so it's you know again with the amount of tries that were scored, um, uh, we have to be pleased with the amount of tries that were scored and the amount of attacking opportunities we had. Um, I think it was just unfortunate with the yellow cards. And uh, don't get me started on uh, Mr. Whitehouse. Well, the the Hamish Watson yellow card I thought was particularly harsh. Well, you see, I, I was I I actually th- I, I I was the other way around. I thought the I thought Nell's yellow card was incredibly harsh because I didn't think he actually brought it down. I thought it was an Ulster player that brought it down. Um, if you watch back, the, the, the you know, I was watching the game and you actually see an Ulster player on the ground um, and and. Um, uh, and Nell drop trips over him and comes down, and I think that's what they've picked. Up. Well, I can only think that's what they've picked up on. Um, Hamish Watson, yeah, he was just trying to deal with again um, Blair Kinghorn's throwaway offload that didn't know where it was where that was going. But uh, um, and really to have to, so he was just trying to rescue the situation, and that was just unfortunate. Just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, the young Kuka, I quite like to look at him. I can't remember his name. I, I had the name. But the, my, my tab has disappeared, but I can't. Patrick Harrison. Patrick Harrison. Patrick he Harris. looked yeah. absolutely. I thought he looked really good. There was a point where, um, you know, Ulster were through, and he absolutely chased the player down and made two tackles in quick succession. And I felt really sorry for him for because in that time that he made those two tackles, that was enough time for the defense to reset. But it didn't. <laughs> Again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, 
even when he, I think he got the ball and was marauding up the pitch as well. He's got a turn of pace as yeah. well. So, um, you know, let's just hope that Glasgow don't come knocking and trying to take him away from us as well, like they did with George Turner. Um, <laughs> he, but he was. Whoa, 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 he has that look of Josh Turner, you know, he's got that, that, that um, he's looking for the ball and he wants to, he doesn't want to just throw the ball in and scrummage, he wants to actually, um, he, he, he wants to run with the ball and he looks quick. And for, for you know, I'm a, for me, he was, uh, you know, my, my piece in the, on the blog, um, he was my player of the match. Um, for an 18-year-old to show the maturity that he showed um, and the, the playing ability that he, he showed, that's fantastic. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, you just hope that he's given his chance because there's the, you know, the his opposite number on the day is the again the young Ulster prop that's coming at the hooker that's coming across the Tembra next season. So right, yeah, yeah, there's quite a queue of hookers now at Embra, and I don't know, my heart kind of so, sank watching and put in that performance and thinking, oh God, here's another promising Embra hooker that's going to be stuck at the back of the queue for three years. I think I, there is a gap over our way, so. No, it's okay. We'll uh, we'll we'll hang on to this one. I think. Um, okay, he's he's at the start of his career, and and yes, uh, you know, Xander was playing when he was what nineteen twenty uh, in the Glasgow team. Um, so there is that opportunity. I think he's done he's done a very very good job. For his, he's grabbed his opportunity. I think what we'll do with um, uh, I think what will happen with um, what's his name? It's Mc, is it Burnley or McBurnley or um, the, the 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 Ulster hooker that's coming? Um, he'll steady the ship with Dave Cherry and we've also got Rambo and things like that. They'll they'll be there, but once they're away doing their, their Scotland trips and there's this, that and the other, he'll get the opportunity. And I, I really hope he stays and I really hope he gets the opportunity because he looks great. Yeah. Um John, I mean, you know, I'm gonna make you praise Ember here. I mean, because that was a that was a hell of a comeback. I maybe haven't seen that from Ember yeah. in the past. Yeah, there was they dug in. They dug in and you know, you could maybe make the argument that that first the first ten, fifteen minutes of the game, Edinburgh absolutely and utterly destroyed Ulster and you you were kinda of looking at it, but I was surprised Ulster came back in a way because I was thinking, well they've got out to play for. It's the you know, their bottom of the, the Rainbow Cup, Ugh, whatever. And they came back and I think a lot of that was to do with Edinburgh's inaccuracy. They, they invited them back into the game. Mm. As you say, this discipline a huge issue. I would I would agree, I think the Watson one was an interesting one, but no one it's 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 that situation where you never want to be in that position and you just know that something if you put yourself in that position, which Edinburgh did, you just know that something's gonna happen, you're gonna lose a man. Um and whether it was Nell, you know, bringing it down or not, it's it the ref's looking for a reason at that point. The ref was on Nell all day though. That's that Aye, all game, yeah. and and I was not I was not impressed with his scrummage his scrummage um, uh, refereeing at all um, oh. because the the Ulster um, loose head could you know he had his hands in the ground, he had his knees in the ground. He could, he wouldn't bite. Now okay, fair enough. Is ne- you know Nell's probably trying to not let him bind onto him, but he wasn't he wasn't bound bound onto him on a regular yeah. basis, and they kept they kept getting the penalties. It was yeah. uh, you know I what you know. It's, all it's frustrating, isn't it? But but yeah. no, I think I think there was a lot of a lot of fight, and it was interesting to see again. It was some of the younger guys uh, for me were were really setting the standard for Edinburgh, really driving them forward. Um, which you know, again, it's that thing of 
you're seeing it at both both pro clubs at the moment that maybe it is those younger lads that are kind of pushing things forward. Um, but let's let, let's touch on Mr. Whitehouse for a second. I think he had a poor game, but he did absolutely give you uh, a, a get-out-of-jail-free with that mitigation. Let's mitigating down he's the first referee who's I, I think he was right to do it yeah. but he's the first referee who's went down the route of do you know what actually the framework says that if you hit someone in the head it's going to be red but I can mitigate it down for dropping height but actually it's yellow or penalty usually but I'm just going to ignore it all because eh, I'm Ben Whitehouse yeah I, I, I think it's a yellow um, I think he in the, now don't get me wrong uh, for me um, I totally agree. I I I I would far prefer um, the uh, the the referees to have the ability to do yep. uh, do what he did. But couldn't the current framework at this moment in time, if that's Wayne Barnes, I say yellow. Yeah, he's not going to turn around and say no, no, you know, just play on. It's it's a yellow card, and and unfortunately, what what I'm looking for and what we all look for is consistency. That's all it is. Yeah, and, and if we're if we're trying to stop head knocks and we're trying to stop all of this, we're going to have to swallow it sometimes and say, well, at this moment in time, it's a head knock. Um, he's he's it's a clear shoulder at the head. Now, fair enough, the guy's tackling properly, but I suppose the argument then is, isn't it? I suppose that well, should he have attempt? Should he be attempting the tackle at all in that situation? It's such, such fine and I know it's such fine though. margins, but then that's and that's maybe the behaviour that they're looking for. That if you have attempted a tackle on somebody that's already been tackled, in in essence, yep. just because he's a small guy that's slip, that's slipping down, even if you're already in a position to tackle, then the, there was at least a second decision, a second worth of decision to make to go. Well, well, my teammate has already tackled him or is in the process of tackling him. I need to back off here rather than going in for a double tackle or going instantly in for the jackal. I wonder whether that's the way that they're trying to go, like you said, Craig, by being so rigid in enforcing the discipline is actually trying to discourage the double tackle. So unless you're going to squeeze, you know, be able to kind of properly do the choke hold up tackle is stopping the double tackle when someone's already on the way down. Which in the spirit of unintended consequences, which often these law changes have, you remove the double tackle from the game by doing that. What do you then have? You have 14 men lined up across the park going, I'll just hit the next guy and I'll hit the next guy. Defences, the, the game is, we're already talking so much about how much defence is on top. If you get to a point where you just encourage one-up tackling um, and you try and prevent those double tackles, you're either going to have defences just spread right across the park, not complete breakdown, just wait until an opposition make a mistake or kick it away, or you're going to have absolute carnage at ruck time because you're going to have so many more players available that they're just going to pump three, four, five bodies in in missile format, and, and then we're going to see people with bad, bad injuries from that. So it's, I mean, I get what they're trying to do, and I think, it's absolutely right, but I think a degree of sense needed to be applied there. I think yellow is probably reasonable, but it has to be done in a sympathetic way, sympathetic mm. to the players. Um, but on a separate point, I mean, Wayne Barnes, yeah, that was yellow, but as you say, consistency. 
any other Pro 14 ref, I think they would have given red. Yeah, I think it's it's. I'm um, paraphrasing um, Jeff Goldblum and uh, Jurassic Park here, but life finds a way. You know, defenses and attacks find <laughs> yeah. a way, and that's that's the joy of rugby, right? That you know the yeah. laws. No other. There's no other sport I can think of where the laws change so constantly to provide to deal with it. One to deal with issues, but also to provide new challenges. Yep. To for one, it's safety, but I also think it provide. It's constantly providing new challenges to attack and defense coaches every time they change the laws and there's no other sport like it for that and that's, and that's partly why I enjoy the sport so as much as I agree John that it might result in that but then it might result in it'll, it'll have a knock on effect else. and result in something from it and attack coaches will then find a way to get around that and then defence coaches will then have to deal with that and then I, I do think there's something though in the the way the laws are set out just now and I know people have talked about this online as well but it is encouraging people to dip into the tackle because, you know, so the ball carrier, it's really encouraging them to go as low as they can mm. because then it's making it almost impossible for the, the person tackling to, yes, there might be a drop, but if people are still penalising a drop in height, but it's contact with the head, a drop in height, that brings it down to yellow, you're still getting 10 minutes out of it. Mm. So it's, it's just, it's really difficult and the one thing we all know about rugby players is yes, defences will find a way, but they all bloody cheap like nobody's business. <laughs> Which again is that's part of the fun of rugby. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, absolutely. But if there's a loophole to be found, and we're not talking Pat Lamb Bristol Bears loopholes here, <laughs> but if there is a loophole to be found, rugby players will find it and will utilise it to death. So yeah, but let's come on to the main point here. Edinburgh absolutely kicked it once again against Ulster in the last minute. You've done all the hard work and then you absolutely panted it. I'm not gonna accept that whatsoever. Um just because you could just because you, you can you can stop talking about going to Italy, um, John, now it's uh, now it's <laughs> you know, at least we only lost by at least we only lost by uh, three points, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I, for for me, it's for me. Uh, you know, we held them at th- we virtually held them at thirteen when we had thirteen men. It was just a you know uh, McCloskey just broke you know broke through, and it was a nice try. Um, so you know you, you can't be you can't disagree with the result as such, um, especially with the stroke of luck that we got from Mister or the helping hand we got from Mister Whitehouse. Um, but um, I think I'm incredibly encouraged with especially with the young guys that came on. Um, and uh, I, I honestly think that Edinburgh will take pre-season, and we'll, we'll we'll see. I think it's going to be an inter- I think both Glasgow and Edinburgh are in, in good shape for next season, um, uh, because I know they I know they've got a lot of Glasgow have got a lot of players going. We've had a small amount of players going, but they've been quite you know. Um, but they have to they're having to reduce squads anyway because they, they they did bring in quite big they have built their squads up to quite big with uh, with all the different um competitions that have been on. I suppose the difference is, isn't it, that, that Danny Wilson's having to do a complete rebuild and root and mm. branch kind of, you know, sorting the wheat from the chaff. And Richard Cockrell's been there and done that and probably been there and done that in a more when budgets were more healthier <laughs> at the pro clubs. But he's now being for so so that might explain, you know, the the I suppose there hasn't been the same volume of levers at Edinburgh as there has been in Glasgow because Richard Cockle's already got a good idea of who he wants and where his strengths and weaknesses lie. But I mean, it's it's 
he's still been forced to use young players. I think Craig, and that's been the interesting. I mean, you've got Marshall Sykes has had a, a run of games after being in, you know, in and around the Ember squad for a number of years, and you know, Ben Muncaster thought was was good. At, you know, I thought Ben Muncaster was great. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right, Cammy. Um, he did he he did a great job. Um, even um, uh, Hutchison took a good try. He, he, you know, he plucked a ball out the air that Pergos had put about six six yards above his head, um, and uh, and um, he, he, he a nice step in through the tackle and, and got a, took a nice try. So yeah, you, you, you've got to. I, I've got to. I was negative the last time I was on. I'm being positive this yeah. time. And even at scrum half, I think you know, I, I think Henry Pergos, I think is probably you know he's come at the end of his career. Probably I think as a you know as the scrum half. Remember, I've got Ben Velicott coming in next season. I'm not. I know this. No, he, he's he's not going to ride in like some white knight and solve all of Scotland and um, you know Embers. That's when Finley Christie will come over and he'll be the white knight. <laughs> <laughs> the ginger knight. Finley Christie will come over riding Ben Velicott into Scotland and then it'll be yeah, it'll just be a beautiful scrum half mishmash. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, but I thought Charlie Shield looks. I don't. There's something more about him. He's got almost. He's quite. He's he's almost been quite angry when he's played. <laughs> I don't know. He looks very pa- passionate. Is probably the word I'm looking for, but that's not a Scrappy. bad thing. He looks like he cares, and it's nice. And I think that's that's maybe what Embra have. I think Cockrell's getting seems to be to he's getting to a point where he has a squad of players that care, and it's maybe taken a few yeah. seasons to to get to that point. It's nice for Charlie Shield to be involved in a, in a, in a against a strong team. Uh, up against a strong team like Ulster from the start, and he does he had he was allowed to play his own game rather than oh, try to overplay to get us out the get us out the the mire that although we were in the mire with thirteen men etc. But I think I think um, I didn't notice Henry Pergos coming on, um, yeah. but uh, Charlie Shield when he started you knew he was on. Look at the start that we had um, and the first two tries. So um, I, I really. Uh, we just need to play him more, and we need to. He's like George Horn; he's just in more game time. Yeah, you look Henry Pergos. I thought when he did come on, looked like a uh, a pervy English lecturer from a university. <laughs> they the slick back here, you know, this kind of and the dodgy tash, and, and the dodgy tash, just the guy, the guy that kind of pervs on all the young students that come in first year. That's what he looked like. Is that Sander Slander? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should dear. be. We should be. Very- we are not insinuating in any way, shape, or form that Henry Burgos pervs on school kids. I'm I was going to say, I'm not going to insinuate in any form that he's an English lecturer. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Henry so, Burgos is an English lecturer. That's this week's. Sander Slander. <laughs> well, the creepy Sander Slander uh, kind of fits into it, doesn't it? Would you like to Sander Slander? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think Burgos, the, that's so yeah. I think the point I was making, <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was going for a wee bit of a rile from you, but the point I was making was Edinburgh yet again with with the players you've got in the park at that point, you should be able to. You've got yourself back into the game, and how many times have we seen it from them now that you? have got yourselves in a position to be back in a game that maybe you didn't deserve to be back in, and then you throw away with a penalty in the last minute, or you know, the clock's in red. Um, but but how many times has Scotland been there and, and they've dealt with it? It's a problem that Scotland have solved, and it just takes. I yeah. think it probably just takes time. And that's, I, I will just quickly say, this this deserves a mention, is Fluid Highway on Twitch. 
Henry Perv Goss. Oh. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo, wonderful fun. But, um... If yeah. he and Ian done this, we would get into hell of trouble for this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's... I mean, you, I think it's it's fixable, though, Craig, right? That, you know, not being able to see out at the end of matches, that's fixable. Oh yeah, very much so. I think well, we had we we had that um, up until you know with the just the, in the Solomon era, um, we used to we used to absolutely. In fact, we had the point if you remember up against Ulster um, three four years ago. I think maybe um, Cockrell had just started with the team, but um, Donkey Weir got us out. Yeah, the Meyer, um, and he, we did the same. We did the op- You know, we did the same thing that they did to us. Um, uh, that Madigan did, you know, Dunkey Weir got the kick in and took took the game. So, um, away from home. So, I I think, uh, yeah, it's fixable. I guess I'm just pleased to see them throwing the ball around a little bit more. The wingers getting the wingers and the centers getting the ball um, and distributing it a little bit more. Um, and obviously, um, the greatest human uh, getting a try is always worthwhile seeing. So, uh, you know, keeps me. Uh, Keeps the prop love coming on. Yeah. I, ironically, I thought he was going to try and dot it down at the bottom of the post after his antics where he was... Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lifting the post up to put the ball underneath. There we go. He'd done a, he'd done a George Turner, which was good to see. Well, that's, yeah, it took him about three or four times, or did it not? I, I did, yeah. <laughs> I'm, it's an interesting tactic that Emmer and Glasgow both deploy, and, and I'm it, I'm really interested to see whether or not it, it kind of makes it, the transition to international rugby, because... It's it's kind of been the accepted wisdom for so many years now that you get a penalty and you kick to the corner, or you take the three points. This idea that you tap and you know the, the tap and go, apart from you know scrum halves with you know who've got an inflated idea of their ability, that's the only <laughs> time you ever see somebody have a good tap and go these days. But to see the forwards, you know, having that because it, it should make sense, right? Because you've given the your opposition a time to reset their defence and get organised, and yet Glasgow and now Edinburgh have scored tries off it. So the, the forwards coaches have worked out that somehow that this this works, and I don't. I, I just I'm just interested to see whether or not it's it's something that can only exist at the the pro club level because <coughs> you know, of the standard of players, or whether it is something that we'll start to see. In the national games, it's well. Luke Cowan Dickey has been doing it quite a lot, quite effectively down at Exeter for for the last season, season and a half. Um, and and no wonder with the forward pack that he's got backing him up, and and they're pre latching and all these different things that they're doing. Um, so I I think that um, it's drifted back into the game because you're also um, the the defensive read on a lineout is becoming a lot. A lot more, you know, people. Yeah. You're not that people aren't being surprised anymore at lineouts mm. and things like that. Unless you, unless you're doing a crazy, you know, bringing. Um, oh, who was it? Was Tommy me, Seymour. Um, was it Tommy Seymour? Um, Alex, uh, Alex, Alex Dunbar. No, Alex Dunbar. That was yeah. who I was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unless you or, or a mesh through the middle um, sort of thing. Um, those are those are the surprising things. But they're, they're re- you know, it's either going to the front or it's going to the back, and and um, and so people are reading it now a lot a lot easier. So um, you know, taking a a, a, a pick, you know, a, 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 a picking, you know, taking a, a, a quick penalty, a tap penalty is actually going to, is actually quite a good thing now, um, because you're 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 pre- you're pretty much guaranteed to recycle the ball. Um, if you uh, if you play it right, just as long as you don't go off your feet, you know. Yeah. 
Good. Um, I think that's we've we've dealt. We'll probably do a we we can probably do a season review in the next couple of weeks. Um, yes. between now and the Lions tour starting. Um, the the other bit of news uh, this week is the um competitive league rugby for the club game is set to resume in September, which is which is good news for everybody. Everybody's back in training. We've all seen the videos online. Um, of everybody getting getting weights training and doing other bits and bobs. Um, so there was um. 63% of the 252 respondents wanted to return to the National League structure with promotion and relegation. Um, so that's, that's interesting. I thought that was interesting that this, everyone just wants to go back to normal, essentially. I think they're waiting now on kind of final words from clubs about where they stand following COVID and whether or not they can still they still want to play at the level that they were at or whether they want to drop down into the regional leagues. So that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out because... I think when there was the Ferrari last time, Craig, there, you know, there was a couple of clubs that said, actually, we probably were quite happy to be relegated. And a couple of clubs saying, well, actually, we were ready to be promoted. And you know, there was yeah. all this controversy about how the voting had taken place. But it, it, it seems like everybody, although it's only 63% have voted for it, there doesn't seem to be any backlash in this. Nobody seems to be surprised or upset that they were being consulted rather than taking a decision or the other way around, you know? Yeah, for, well, from, from, from what I can... Um, glean from the, the players that I know, um, both in the men and the women's game, um, they just want to get back to normal. They're just striving to get back to normal. And, and I think they feel that, um, depending on what team you are, for the position you are in the in the league or where you left the league, you want to still go back to that. Mm. And, and I, um, I think that's the most, for for them, it's like, well, I've been playing there. I don't want to go. I don't want to drop into a regional league if I, if I wasn't before. Um, we feel we're better than that almost. Um, or, you know, so it, it'll, it'll be a suck it and see because you can imagine there'll be, a, I'm sure there's going to be a few teams that have lost a hell of a lot of bodies um, because they've scattered um, during, during um, COVID times in the during lockdown. They haven't been able to train. They've found other teams to go to train with etc that are maybe more local because they're they, they travel to their usual to, to their club to play um so it'll be an interesting um suck it and see to see how we go i know that very much um the, the women's squad i was involved with with coaching they are very much we are staying where we are we want to stay where we are we don't want to go back to regional we want to be in the national league um so uh i think it's i think the clubs hopefully have listened to their players um, and, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you you know we've now got you on here, Craig, because of course when the uh, leagues return, Berwick and Howe will be in the same league. Yes, yeah, absolutely, and we'll uh, hopefully we'll um, we'll uh, show you a clean <laughs> pair of heels the next time. Rather than the last time we met, I'll say no more. <laughs> so for those people, for those people that um, you know get upset about the amount of time that I mentioned Berwick on this podcast, which is any time I get the opportunity to be honest, we've now. <laughs> You know, we're gonna to have to put up with Craig talking about how a five and and John, of course, you know, you've you've you and Ian have picked up the boots again. We have, yes, yes, we're um, down at down at Bishopton. Um so uh, I'm currently nursing a wee hamstring injury, which uh, I promised the coach I was gonna do a two hour uh, podcast special on. Uh, get a few, get does, a few that, does, that, on. does that come and go, the hamstring injury, John? Uh, no, it was actually it was a proper hammy injury. It wasn't just that, oh, no, we're doing fitness work. Oh, tight hamstring. Oh, no. Uh, no, it was a proper sniper in the crowd moment, which was a bit of a shame for me. Um, my body quite, wasn't quite ready for that burst of pace that I didn't know I had. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I always tend to, I, it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't injuries for me. I tended to just drift slowly out onto the wing. 
Oh, you <laughs> you so yeah, I've I've heard a lot about the the, the prop winger uh, fraternity. This is apparently a, a thing that props do where you kind of just gradually and then you pop up on the end of like a beautiful back smooth. Um, and then it's like, all oh, right, okay, now we we've got a prop finishing on the wing. <laughs> well, we have got a turn of pace, you know. It's, it's <laughs> these things happen, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I like how Cammy dismissed that really quickly. Then, you know, just to <laughs> have, I don't know where I had yeah, that. I don't know go with that. <laughs> but yes, Ian's, Ian's uh, picked up his boots for the first time. He's um, he, he attended his first proper rugby training. Um, it hasn't been seen since, but he did attend. Yeah, so he, he was. He's, due, he's, he he's, he's, he's called off. He's called off tonight as well. So, um, crap, for, crap call offs needs to get a return. Right, um, and that is well. I should mention that actually now training's back. One of my favourite ever sections that we've ever done in this podcast is crap call offs. And what we want you to do, if you look, if you go to the club um, and people are calling off training or they're calling off games, and the reason is utter rubbish, let us know, because we have had some absolute crackers down the years. I think we've had guys calling off for... Um, we've had guys calling off for hair appointments. We've had someone had a big tea on the Friday night, and we're still full on the Saturday. We had a laddie... <laughs> that was a prop. We had a laddie who went uh, pony trekking with his grandma. This was a senior. That was a senior player as well, by the way. We're not talking youth rugby there. There was the prop that went to the opera. Call off, couldn't you go? I had tickets to the opera. We had, uh, we had the guy. Now this is in South. All these it seems to be old props. What's all this about? I know. Well, I can't. I cannot vouch for. I think the haircut might be in a bad. The haircut was obviously a back. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, we had the guy in. Uh, it was in South America. This was. Um, we've got a couple of listeners in South America. The um, chairman of the club who couldn't make it to training because he'd been thrown out of his mother's house. <laughs> the chairman of the club. So. Yeah. I still always go back to my favourite being the the offshore guy, and the the, the submarine. Those those were my favourites. The guy who, who that was the was guy. So guy. There, was, there was we had one guy who got stuck on a on an oil rig because it got hit by a submarine, and yep. then we had the other guy writing to say I couldn't play that weekend because I had to go and repair the oil rig in a sub in a, in a diving bell. <laughs> Beautiful! What a small small rugby world we live in. So yes, get in touch if you can go uh, um, if you email podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk or find us on Twitter at scottrugbyblog or at Cammy Black. Um, keep it anonymous if you want to if you want to name and shame we're more than happy to do that too it's you breaching the general data protection regulations not us <laughs> um, so um, we're going to do that on that note we are we have got one of our regular features and we've got a very quick one of these well we look high and we look long we sing Yes, it's Where's Doogie Donnelly. We haven't had one of these, or we haven't had many of these recently, but it's because everybody's indoors. Nobody's really going out, and you're socially dist... I mean, you know, you're two metres from somebody, you've no idea who they are. That's, you know, you just kind of... I think that's the standard thing. You, you, you're two metres from or somebody. Or you've no idea what's in their shopping bag. 
Exactly. So we can't. Maybe you've seen somebody be just like, oh, I've seen them, but they're not doing anything interesting. Rather than the time someone saw Dougie Donnelly with his bag for life and could give us a detailed description of what the bag for life was like. That's <laughs> that's the sort of detail we're after. Um, anyway, Andrew Young has got in touch via my Twitter DMs and he says he's got a Dougie Donnelly for you lovely folks. He's currently doing training uh, for the RAF and for the past few weeks I've kept seeing someone who looked familiar but I couldn't put my finger on why. I was scrolling through Twitter today and saw that Scotland International Sarah Bonner has posted a picture in RAF uniform saying she was about to commission as an officer in the RAF. Turns out I've been on I've been on a course behind her living in the same mess this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> huge congratulations um to uh yeah, so huge congratulations to to Sarah Bonner on that as well. Um so if you you know if you've seen anybody going out and about um then 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 do let us know um and we'll we'll do it on Wes Doogie Donnelly. Um, we're gonna move on. Let's do this now. Yes, it is Hands in the Rock. It's our any other business section of the podcast where we get to talk about life, the world in general, things outside of Scottish rugby. Rugby could be anything at all. Um, I've got a couple that I need to dig out. John, I'll start with you. What's your Hands in the Rock this week? Yeah, so I'm going to um, go back to the Glasgow game and very early on, uh, it's the joy of the captain's challenge once again, isn't it? That's that's reared its ugly head. Um but in this instance, it wasn't the captain's challenge that was at fault. It was the TMO who couldn't actually find the right video. Spectacular failure from them. Um, so the, the, we'll, we'll escalate how this actually plays out. But basically, Sam Johnson, off the first line out, which Fraser Brown's very clear when he's telling the, the, the referee what he wants to challenge, off the first phase of play from the line out, he gets hit by three Leinster players uh, and then goes down and he's down for a significant period of time. He then gets back to his feet and kind of waddles about, doesn't look terribly comfortable on his feet, but it kind of it's a massively long phase of play. Uh, Glasgow are then at the other side of the park. They play, play, play a pass to him. He chips it and gets smashed late, um, and eventually play comes to a close. Fraser Brown challenges the first play. He says... Off the first phase of the line out, Sam Johnson's been hit high, um, swinging arm. Can you check it? Very, very clear instructions. The TML then pro- proceeds to check the second one, where Sam Johnson has been hit late, but not high, and checks it over and over and over and over. And then they decide, actually, no, there's nothing at fault here, because there isn't, without checking the actual thing with Captain Challenge. We then lose our captain's challenge for the rest of the game because it has failed. We didn't get foul play. Ridiculous situation. TMOs, I don't know what it is about TMOs in the Rainbow Cup, but they have just lost the plot. They have not... Bring bring back uh, Ben Skeen. That's all I say. <laughs> oh, uh, careful, John. Whoa. Hang on. You don't, you he don't would, mean he that. that. He would have checked, check, check, and check again. Um... No, I mean, I think it's just, it's amateur o'clock. Are they on I mean, Twitter, do you think? You think that's <laughs> scrolling through Twitter. This game's mad, I can't even follow this. I <laughs> know, uh, what a nonsense. I mean, if you're going to introduce something as controversial as the captain's challenge, 
then you need to have the bloody footage to, to back it up. It's it's just amateur clock, and I was really aside from the fact we've got an Irish referee refereeing an Irish team, which it's just I mean that's pro pro fourteen, pro sixteen, pro twelve madness at its best anyway. But it just really I've not seen that recently, and I was really surprised about it and. Um, and because of the captain's challenge, because it has an impact later on, where there's instances where, well, Adam Hastings gets his eyes raked, and mm-hmm. everyone's going, well, why didn't Glasgow captain's challenge that? Because we lost Good. our challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Because some idiot couldn't find video. That was actually my hands in the ruck. Is, and I know I've had this hands in the ruck before, and it kind of falls onto the Adam the Hastings thing, is it's when the, when the competition account tries to do banter, so the Pro 14 yes. did this, uh, tried a meme. And this is the problem when, you know, I mean, old people like me try memes and we don't really understand what we're doing. This is what <laughs> happens. They'd essentially, they'd got, um, they'd photoshopped a Leinster kit onto um, the Hulk. And then they had Adam Hastings as Loki being beaten up. And you're like, look, I, I know somebody has spent a long time colouring that in. Right, during the, rather than watching the game, but that's not a justification for putting out because actually, yes, he was targeted, and that's fine. But the fact that there was footage circulating online showing a Leinster playing, you know, gou- attempting to gouge Adam Hastings' eye, then looks poor taste when the you know the the, the official competition account is like going, ha ha ha, look look they be you know it's I get that they're trying to do content and I get all that, but I kind of think there's a I don't think they need to be commenting on things in that way. That's not that's not their job. Well, when they when they share an office with Leinster management, I'm sure it's probably fine. <laughs> well, I was going to say that you know the Pro 14 who are based in Ireland, who all their TV side of things is Irish based, and you would would do you really honestly? No, it's yeah, I agree oh, with that. I, with sorry. World Rugby, this the four up from them. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I I agree with that. I, it's it's what, it, but then it goes back to the whole thing of the 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 Aussie and, and New Zealand smash, um, smash. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, the, they bring all the clips of the sm- of of the biggest hit this week and, yeah. Yeah, and all yeah. this. And now, okay, fair enough. Uh, it's 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 uh, that's what what people used to equate rugby to and it's exciting etc to see these guys getting hit but it's 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 we're trying to get rid of that just now we're trying to get rid of i'd like to see a big smash but it's a legal one you know and and they tend to correspond to the the illegal smashes and uh, and it's difficult but going back to your point john about um uh about uh the captain's challenge. I think if they're going to keep something like that, it, it, I would probably prefer it to come from a coach rather than from a captain because they've got the TV screens in front of them, um, and they can they can communicate it a little bit easier than someone who's breathing through their backside and and um, uh, and has entered a few rucks and uh, had their heads given to them a few times. You know. Yeah. Well, that's absolutely. It. There's that. There's that whole thing with there's the the time limit on it as well. Like you. Like if play stops, you've got twenty seconds to captain's challenge because you don't want the water boys bringing on information, and we fell foul of that last week or the week before last. Sorry, and it's like it's just it seems like it's a it's a half baked idea that someone's went. Do you know what? That sounds like a brilliant idea. Let's do captain's challenges because then they kind of complain if it, they they you know 
And it's nonsense. It's just poorly managed, poorly controlled. And in this instance, actually, like I've heard various captains' challenges where you're absolutely right. The captain's barely been able to articulate a sentence because he's playing a game of professional rugby. <laughs> Whereas, in this instance, it was in the first couple of minutes. Fraser Brown was relatively okay. I mean, he was pretty, pretty direct and told him exactly what he was thinking, but he explained what he wanted really well. And yet they still couldn't find it. It's just, oh. I think that's the, I think you're right, Craig. It could so easily be coach communicating with a TMO. That's not hard. That because that's the TMO does that anyway. The TMO is going to have to say check. Yeah. So all you, all you want, all you need to do is to say the T, get a message to TMO. She's really saying, and then all the TMO says we've got to check. And in the meantime, while the play carries on, which is what happens with a TMO check anyway, yep. that's enough time for the for the coach to relay the message to the TMO of what they want to check. So there'd be no there'd be no different at all to a TMO normal check. Or we could get the uh, the TV producers to do it. Since that's, I mean, that's part of their job just now as well as the home TV producers to draw attention to foul play for for your sides. We often find, you know, <laughs> it's funny how funny how when you particularly if you're playing in France, you often find that your uh, your incidents tend to crop up a wee it, bit it more. Was, it was funny they couldn't find that other that, that other angle of Finn Russell's handoff on Bruce Doolan. Yeah, could, they didn't yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't he yeah. turn up until YouTube after the game, wasn't it? They got French, French. Oh, no, we don't have any cameras on that angle at all. No, yeah, it's funny. I, every amateur video photographer in Scotland was like, "Well, that's the angle there. We've got it. It's it was two seconds ago. No, no, we can't find it anymore. We deleted." That's it. <laughs> um, the um, I'll, do, I'll come to yours in a minute, Craig. The um, the one we had on um, it came through Thomas Brown's one as our Patreon, and then we've had another one, um, a similar one on the same lines. Uh, Thomas said, "Can we have a hands in the ruck about uh, BT Sports Healy and K's anti Scottish jibes?" And this is a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. He said, um, "Tonight's Bevan Rod can be saved from being Scottish was pathetic. It's not funny anymore." Um, and then Naxis on on Twitter got in touch and said um, the just the unbiased garbage from Luke Fitzgerald on the rugby pod, just kind of the anti Scotland players apparently are not good, not the same level as Ireland despite regularly beating England and France, which Ireland are struggling to do. Yet Ireland players seem better and for Lions purely because Ireland beat Scotland. And I think there is that, but I would say to both of those that Scotland have still not won the Six Nations Championship. Or the Triple Crown. Yeah, and I think until Scotland win one of those, I think at the very least the Triple Crown, which is doable, push for a championship maybe. I, I, I think that that I think that'll continue. I don't I think the reason that Ireland, Wales and Wales and England don't get it is because they've all won it in the last ten years, you know, at least once a couple of times. But so I think until we start winning tournaments rather than games I can't I'm not saying they're right in what they're saying but I, I don't I don't think the attitude will change towards Scotland I don't I, do you agree with that Craig? Yeah we, we were in the wilderness for quite some time um, and and I, I I would reckon you're probably finding that people like Luke Fitzgerald and all these people that are that, that have just got used to thinking Scotland is like in Italy um, and were, you know, because we are used to thinking of Italy as Italy. Um, and so I guess um, it's just almost like muscle memory. 
Um, and I think uh, the, the sooner we change that, and just as you say, we start to win things. Um, now, we are notorious for winning big games. Um, games that, that, you know, if, uh, if, we, if we can, you know, we've moved on from, uh, we've got used to beating England now, so now it's, uh, we've got to win in France, and we've won in France now, so now it's got to be, we've got to beat Wales, we have a beaten Wales. I think the next big one is Ireland now, and then if we can string them together, then I think, um, but I don't know, I, I, uh, I just feel... I, I'm getting more and more frustrated. And this is my hands in the ruck is the Lions mm. garbage, um, constant. Um, you know, the our eight players are only on the Lions, um, the Lions um team sheet because Tooney's there. And I think um, you know, it's 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 everything, including, for example, and I'm gonna go uh, down the route of uh uh backing up the Irish a little bit here. There's been all this going on constantly about Kyle Sinclair. Oh, Kyle Sinclair's got going to the Lions. Look at him. Look at his cheery wee face. Nobody's going, there's Andrew Porter who's been in, injured, playing a game that was a nothing game. Mm. He's been injured. Um, he's out the Lions. Never mind the amount of money that he's going to lose, but also he's been given the stash, which is the most important part of all of this. <laughs> um uh, he's, he's, he's built up, he's done all the photographs, he's, he's going to be a lion. And then all of a sudden it's cut short like that. And yeah. uh, and, and nobody is saying, uh, with with all this, oh, good old Kyle Sinclair. We're really, like, don't get me wrong, I, I, Kyle Sinclair's a phenomenal player. And, 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 and to, to, for, for what he did and, and, and his interview on TV was fantastic for showing the, 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 the passion in a player. But it's this whole... Um, now it's look. There's another English player getting on the Lions. Look at him. Look at him. He deserves to. He should have been there in the first place. What about Andrew Porter? You know that guy's now just pretty much sitting at home, devastated because he's he's never mind that he's not going to the Lions, but he's got an injury that could put him out. A, a toe injury is a significant injury for a prop, mm. um, and 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 it could be. Out. Look at George Horner had a foot injury for a long time, and he was out for a period of time, a long period of time. So I, I, I just. Yeah, it's, it's getting no. I agree. It's getting really wearing now. I think the you know the there's a couple. Of, I think the the Hamish Watson things is going to rumble on. But look, I, I'm I think the Scottish all all I would say all eight seven of the eight Scotland players, and I, and I think Duhans Duhans my eighth that I'm not sure about. I think he needs to go and he needs to prove he's got a point to prove to to get to the test team. I think he'll do. Midweek, I've, I've, you know, they'll throw him on, and he's he's in that Tommy Seymour role, and he'll he'll score tries for fun. I think he's got a lot to do to persuade them that he can get on the test team. I think the others are all there or thereabouts, believe it or not. Maybe maybe Sutherland, I'm not sure about, but the, the rest I think are all in with a chance of being in that test team. We're not going to get all seven, but you know, but but I think they're all there or thereabouts. And the constant, well, Finn Russell's no, no, Gatland, this idea. Gatlin, when he picked them, Gat, it's all down to Gatlin. It's not Gat, Warren Gatland. Every single tour that he's been on, and you watch the DVDs, you watch the videos at back, relies on his coaches to, you know, Gregor Townsend's the attack coach, right? Gregor Townsend, Warren Gatlin's not the attack coach. Gregor Townsend is Steve Tansy's the defense coach. Warren Gatlin's not defense. He he oversees it all and he'll take advice from you, he'll speak to them, but they're working as a coaching team, right? It's not all Warren Gat. Warren Gatlin doesn't pick the squad. The coaching team picks the squad. The coaching team picks the match day squad. So, you know, that you know, we we said, you know, we've said on the podcast, John, that you know, Dan Bigger 
you know, we've had him as our starting 10 predicted. And I think probably this still is a bit like that. But you got, Finn Russell's going to give him a hell of a run for his money. Yep. And, you know, I, I, Finn Russell has the potential to be an absolute phenomenal lion on this tour. And same with Ali Price. I, I, I actually think that Ali Price is probably the best scrum half selected on this tour. I think Hamish Watson will start. I think Ali Price will start. I think Finn Russell probably will be on the bench. I think, I actually think, a, I think actually I think Xander is going to be I think Xander will make the test squad because of the work he gets around that gets through around the park it depends I, I, I think there's there's two things um, I think uh, um, Gatland and Lions Gatland over time has always um, let the warm-up speak so you know the people he's given everyone a game. Um, to see how they how they're going to manage. So if you know a lot of people say that that, that Finn Russell, um, uh, he just he's he's either a, he's a switch on or a switch off player. Well, he's going to have his chance if he's going to be if he's going to be the man. Um, he needs to be the man in the warm up games and he needs to he needs to to grab that position. What I would say is I think that um, uh, Salisbury Sutherland has got um, has has jumped up and got more chance now because Porter covered both sides. Mm. Um, and um, also, um, I my my problem um, is that Sinclair um, could unseat Xander, mm. uh, and there's a very very good chance of that, um, depending on how Xander um, plays this one, and, yeah. and whether he comes out all guns blazing and and goes off being a bit reckless and this that and other, then you might find him being dropped. Um, or not getting a chance, but um, if he comes out and does what Sinclair does on a regular basis, and that is, is is produce a phenomenal game, um, and and he's he's wound his neck in a little bit, um, Carl Sinclair. So I think if he does that, I think he's got a good opportunity. But I I think it's gone slightly the different way. I think Suz yeah. has got more chance than Xander. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the the the, the Finn Russell thing is interesting, John. We've talked about this before. Is I don't think Finn Russell can win with fans. I think it's different with coaches because no. they see things different things because. This idea that Finn Russell switches on or off, I think people will say he's had a quiet day, a game because he doesn't do any of the mad crap. But yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means he's 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 better. I think he's better now, and we've seen that he's better now at take you know playing yeah uh, play you know playing a nice calm game from ten and not always doing the mad crap. But he can still do the mad crap. He can, yeah. That's the thing, and it's defenses no that's. The thing with Finn Russell, and we've talked about this so much in the podcast, like professional rugby defences are coached to, you know, they spend a lot of time analysing what's in front of them. And see if Finn Russell's in front of you, half the time he's not sure what he's doing. So how are you meant to figure out what he's doing? I've been very flippant yeah. there, but he does the unexpected. Uh, and he has enough control and enough um, game management about him. Yes, I'm going to use that term to understand better than he used to when the mad crap is possible. You know, no longer are we seeing the, the chip and chase out his own five metre line, like <laughs> straight in an Italian winger's hands, uh, like he done in Glasgow. I remember one one horrible night in Scotland where it was it was it was the worst chip and chase you've ever seen. And it was like it was under the posts before MD had even realised. And it was just like <laughs> Finn, 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 what are you doing? But he does that a lot less. Now it's more about he uses his skill set. He yeah. uses his kicking game very well. He uses that pass. Just, oh. I think the interesting... 
Go on, Craig. No, you go. Right, you, you also have to look at every. There's, there's this. Um, there's been a lot said about um, uh, Farrell will not play outside Finn Russell because he's not that kind of player. Well, what you also have to look at is that Farrell isn't Tunis kind of player, mm. um, and and so. How do you beat a defence that are made up of massive um, South Africans? What you do is you have to use someone who's going to be putting the ball over the back of them, who's going to link up with these twelve. Now, you know, if if I, I'm not a big fan of Fazis as as everyone, a lot of Scots aren't, but um, uh-huh. you know, he he's driven and he's driven to win. But if he can't, he won't. I don't know how he's going to get on with Tooney because. It's going to be an interesting one because he likes a game plan. He likes to yeah. keep, keep it in the narrow confines and doesn't know how to adapt. Whereas um, Tooney's always very much. There's two things. That, if you can. Yeah, and I think that's the intro. There was an article today where in the Telegraph where they'd uh, interviewed players that Farrell had played against in the championship. And one of the. Th- there was two things. One is that he constantly berates his own teammates. Mm. And I don't think that. I that's Finn's not going to take that, I mean, you know, and I think he, he's maybe, but well, I think I've maybe caused some issues between him and Hogg in the past, but I think they've both got better understanding, and but that's taken years to develop that. Do you know what I mean? And also that that Farrell wants to win every single battle on the pitch, and I think you're up yeah. against the South Africans. You're going to have the the Lions are going to have to accept they're not going to win every battle on the pitch. They're not going to win everything. They're going to lose. They're going to be on the back foot a lot of the time, but that. If you've got the right game plan, that's not that doesn't matter. If what you're then doing is what Scotland did in the Six Nations, essentially, which is you know hang Hogg on one wing and Finn Russell on the other wing in the backfield, collect high kicks and then just bang them, you know, eighty meters down the down the pitch in the corner and and keep them pinned back and play a territory yeah. game, then it doesn't matter if you're getting smashed in every tackle. And I'm not sure that Owen Farrell has the mentality to deal with that, whereas other players might. Like you know, we see like someone like Chris Harris, you know, is looks comfortable playing under under that pressure where you know every collision is you're going backwards, but you you know you trust in the system that the kicking game is going to keep the team going forward somehow. So that's I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't think I I don't think I actually don't see Farrell making that. I, I can see him there as a break, you know, in emergency break glass. But what we're discounting here, and I'm, I'm can't believe I'm going to be this guy because I absolutely despise Owen Farrell with every inch of my being. But we're discounting the idea that players can't adapt and mm. don't adapt in different situations. And Owen Farrell's never worked for Gregor Townsend, so whilst all the evidence points to he is not a Townsend player at this point, who knows? Owen Farrell might surprise us and be the new Pete Horn. Who knows? And you do have Daddy joining him on tour as well now. Uh, yeah, just just for the test though. So maybe maybe it's maybe it's, they're already suggesting that Owen will be up in the stand and they'll have Daddy Faz there with them, and you know it'll be like a wee, it's like a wee family out. Do you know that? Do you remember this is a this is a massive throwback and a niche reference. You know the film Road Trip from the early two thousands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they've got there's the there's the really geeky character. And they basically spend the entire film corrupting him and exposing yeah. him and exposing him to all these new experiences. And when his dad turns up at the end, he stands up to him. That's going to be Owen Farrell. Basically, Gregor Townsend and Finn Russell corrupting him for the whole tour. And Andy Farrell turns up expecting a straight-laced son. You're all right, son. He's going, Dad! 
lads, why? Yeah. Everything's and great. I can, the, I can kick the ball over at top of them. I can kick the ball over at top. Look, I can pass out the back, Dad. I can pass out the back. He's none of that fancy crap, lads. What are they doing here? The ball went off a bread. Right, so what we're saying then is this Lions tour is going to be the Owen Farrell Rebellion tour. The coming of age of Owen Farrell. Ah, yeah. oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Final comment, someone said the Lions need a dependable quicker on the park like Jenks in 1997. Does that mean it has to be bigger at 10 or Faz at 12? Farrell is not that reliable a kicker. No, he's not. And, and, Finn's been, and Finn was kicking at the weekend. It was kicking fine. Yeah. He's I'd, a decent goalkeeper. He's, he's, he's all right. He's an, you know, he's an 80 plus percent percenter. Yeah. I, I don't think he, I, I'm not, I, I'm not sure there's many 90 plus percent unless, you know, we've got no Chris Pattersons and Greg Laidlaws. Well, I mean, Ross Thompson's up in the 90s just now, just saying. No, <laughs> he's not a bad kicker either, though. You know, so. Hoggy's got a boot him on, on him as well, you know, so uh, you never know. He also won crossbar challenge against Glasgow for Exeter a few years ago. So, um, <laughs> Hog, Hog at Lions 10 for the last test. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's been it for uh, for this week then, Craig. We, we did your hands in there, didn't we? Yes, the Lions yeah, the covered Lions that and we covered everything else, so lovely stuff. Um, we'll be back next week. We'll work out what we're going to talk about because it's near rugby, but we might maybe we'll do a wee season review next That's week. Plan. What we're building up to, of course, is that I need to get my right date on this. So it's Friday. It's the Friday before the Lions match. We'll get the right date for this because I keep getting it wrong. So on Friday, the twenty fifth of May, at eight thirty p.m. live on our Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter pages, we have Dodmaster. Which Woo! we are—it's our British and Irish Lions themed version of Taskmaster. We have a collection of fans, podcasters, and analysts taking part, representing all the different nations. So we've got Lee from the Blood and Mud podcast representing England. We've got Graf Prosser from the Rock and Roll podcast doing Wales. Sam Lana, whose granddad apparently knows an Irishman, he is um, doing—he's doing Ireland. Um, <laughs> Couldn't find an Irish person to do it. Um, we've got Johnny McGinty from Howard Fife doing Scotland. Go on, Johnny. And we have on, Squidge, Squidge uh, from Springboks. Now, if you go to our Just Giving page, which is justgiving.com slash fundraiser slash Dodmaster, or if you go to Just Giving and search Dodmaster, then you can find our Just Giving page and you can donate there. The event itself is free. All we're asking for is a donation to my name is Doddy. If you are associated with the club, what we're also asking you to do is to buy a pint at any virtual bar or donate the cost of a night out to your local club as well. If you're a local club and you're listening and you want to put this on your big screen the night before the Lions and have an event, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Let us know and we'll give you a shout out on the night. So, Can you clarify the date, Cammy? It is Friday. I, f- I fear the 25th, you may have said it wrong. Friday the 25th of June. Did I say May? I think you may have. Friday the 25th of June. <laughs> I may have said me. Friday the 25th of June at 8.30 p.m. We've got some British and Irish lines reading out some tasks as well. So we will announce those close to the date. So if you go to the Just Giving page, you can donate there and that'll that's lovely. If you go to contestants, each individual contestant is raising money themselves because one of the tasks is to raise the most money. And at the minute, Johnny McGinty for Scotland is in the lead. But he can only stay there with your help. 
So I get involved. There's already been a significant amount of money raised. We so have raised so already. far £563. Yeah, thank you to everyone so far who's donated. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely phenomenal. But it's, it's kind of, you know, we didn't know how much we'd... We, you know, we'd be able to to raise this, so we're, we're delighted. If we can get, if we can, if we can top a thousand, then we'll be doing well. So I, I think that's achievable if we keep pushing it. So please tell your friends, tell your family, share it wide and share it far. If we get to a thousand, I will definitely salute you all on my chair and do my oh captain, oh captain. Yeah, well, I thought I thought you were going to say if you if we get to a thousand, I'll definitely donate to Johnny McGinty, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, well, yes. <laughs> no, as as a as a judge, I have to be. Partial Craig. So, so yeah. okay, uh, John, John can donate to the main. John's allowed to domain, donate to the main. Do, John is one of our Dodd Masters. So we have we have th- yeah. unlike Taskmaster, we don't have just one. We've got three Dodd Masters. John is going to be one of our Dodd Masters on the evening, scoring do, and judging. Just to check, do I get a TMO as well? Uh no. Ah, oh, can I not. get a TMO? I will can be I your T. I will be your TMO. Yes. I'll point out any 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 infractions on the night. Yeah. I want, I want, I want regular check, check, check. I've seen, I've seen a couple of the, I've seen a couple of the attempts at the tasks already, and you're all in for a treat. Let me just say that. So, <laughs> including a complaint from someone's partner saying, "Please make it stop." <laughs> so, on that note, we're going to make this podcast stop now. Um, thank you very much to John and Craig. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us live. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next Wednesday, eight thirty PM, and it'll be available for download afterwards. But for the moment, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from John and Craig. Bye, folks. Thank you.